Hello, and welcome to episode 265 of Smarts, which as we all know stands for Suburbia Masks Alarming Reality Through Sitcoms. Ooh, very good one. My name is Rudiger Q Podcaster, a.k.a. Trevor, and your name is... Julia Gulia of Internet Fame, dash podcaster. Correct. So we actually have a little bit of news this week. No. So there was an, a report this week out of nowhere that said that Chris Evans is something close, I forget the exact term they use, is close to signing a contract to reprise his role as Captain America in what? future Marvel movies. What? So according to the report, this this will be kind of similar to when Robert Downey Jr. signed a new contract because he was originally only contracted for Iron Man and Avengers movies, but they wanted to use him in Civil War and Spider-Man Homecoming, so they had him sign a new contract for like multiple substantial guest appearances not mm -hmm. little cameos but like i mean you remember his role in those movies he yeah, was yeah. in them almost as much as the main star was that this would be close akin to that so it would be like an open-ended thing where he's you know they can bring him back as needed to appear mm -hmm. and and it made it sound like this wasn't going so i mean your first thought would be like oh it's going to be old steve mm -hmm, mm -hmm. appearing in like the next captain america movie to like wish sam mm -hmm. well or something like that yeah but according to this made it sound like it would be Young Cap, which either they're going to reverse his ending from Endgame, which I doubt they would do because that was such an appropriate ending for him. Yeah. More likely it would be like an like a multiverse thing, like alternate universe Steve Rogers from a different Earth. Uh -huh. Or it would be like sequences set in World War II mm -hmm. or something time travel-y, you know? Because mm -hmm. there are other characters, other Marvel characters that in the comics were active dur during World War II that they haven't introduced yet in the movies, like Namor or the original Human Torch. And if they were to do a movie focused on those characters or have those characters appear in substantial roles in other movies they could flash back to their what they were doing in world war ii and oh look there's captain america for five minutes or something like that or it could be more substantial like who knows some future multiverse related movie can have a substantial role for some like evil version of captain america or something that shows up who knows now like later that day if not the next day uh, chris evans said on twitter that this was this report was news to him which would seem like it's a pretty strong refutation of the report. But there's a long history of people involved in Marvel movies flat out lying about their involvement in these movies until it's officially rena uh, announced. I remember Tatiana Maslany was like, I would not say, no, I'm not in She-Hulk. I don't know what you're talking about until they officially announced that she was in She-Hulk. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I'm in She-Hulk. So this could just be him playing coy or it could be... It could be complete nonsense. I mean, you wouldn't normally see a report of this nature in, in these publications unless there was some truth to it. So, but who knows? I mean, it may or may not happen, but this is the first time we've gotten any sort of indication that he might be open to something like this. Right. And it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility. I mean, he wants to hang it up, but then after a couple of, a couple of years, he's like, you know what? I wouldn't mind, you know, re revisiting that character in yeah. small ways so long as it doesn't affect my ability to do other projects of my own choosing or whatever, then... You know, I think every, everybody wins at that point. I think the only way that the only way it could potentially be maybe not so good is if they completely undo his happy ending and, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. like if, you know, they de they de-age him. And I mean, even that wouldn't undo his, he still had all those happy years. He just gets back in the fight or whatever. But I, I as much as, as cool it was be to, would be to see him come back in the present, I really don't think that's that's the way they would go. Because I think they put so much effort behind giving him that, that ending that I don't think they'd want to undo it. Yeah. So I, I take it you'd be excited to see something like this happen. I'd love it. That would be great. Yeah. Of what course. do you think? Where do you think it would have the most make the most sense for him to show up? I think uh, it'd be time travel stuff, 
or flashback stuff. That's what I was thinking. I mean, one one theory that people keep floating, and I think this would be a little too, I don't know, a little too inside baseball, is if they were to do a movie or even a Disney Plus series that explores what he did between when he disappeared on the platform Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. end of Endgame to go return the stones um, to, you know, between then and when he went and, you know, started his life with Peggy. Mm -hmm. So they could do like six episodes, one of him, one returning oh he's got to go back and return the soul stone to the red skull what would that conversation be like or oh he's got to go back to the army base yep and try to sneak it in under howard stark's nose or he's got to go back to asgard and you know inject it back into natalie portman or whatever right like i mean that that's sort of maybe that's too fan wanky i don't know if they do something like that but i mean that's one option i mean there were who's to say that he didn't have other adventures who's to say it didn't take him years to return all of those stones properly and that he didn't have all sorts of other adventures before he decided to settle down we don't really even know that right so you could just sort of insert another adventure in there somewhere or you could do like black widow and have it be set in between other movies Mm -hmm. who knows but i mean i know that the shang chi movie is set during the blip it's set during the five-year time skip and and during during Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. So in theory, if they were to have another movie set in that time period, he was around then. I mean, he didn't seem like he was still active as Captain America. It seemed like he was just sort of leading his little support group or whatever he was doing. But in theory, you could have him show. He wouldn't even need to wear the suit, I suppose. He could just show up as Steve Rogers mm-hmm. if they were to do other movies set in that five-year period, for example. So there's, they've got a lot of options, we'd have, we'll, but we'll have to see if it ends up happening. Mm-hmm. The other news this week is that there were a few more DC announcements as part of Infinite Frontier. So... Um, we knew that there was going to be a multi-part um, Damien backup in some of the uh, Batman comics starting in March. But what we learned this week is that that's going to spin off into a new Robin ongoing series uh, by Joshua Williamson, the previous writer of The Flash and, and the writer of The Infinite Frontier, you know, bookend like initiative thing. Um, he's got a new costume for this. He's, got wearing the, he, he's wearing the Robin R again, but it's like mostly a black and white thing with a little bit of red. It's kind of cool looking. Um, so this is going to take him off in that direction, and I guess so. I guess he's going to be calling himself Robin again. So we're going to get a, an ongoing uh, Robin series. Uh, some details on the new Green Lantern series. Apparently, it's going to focus on John Stewart, uh, Teen Lantern from mm-hmm. the recent Young Justice series, and Joe from Far Sector. They're going to be like the three leads in this. Nice. So Far Sector will end, and then mm-hmm. this will kind of pick up her story. Nice. And so they're folding her. I mean, we've seen elements of that already like in the future state justice league she's there but this is going to be like really pushing her now into the mainstream line and not just being off in this you know young animal book that's awesome um and then another thing they're doing is they're doing more so we knew that this wasn't going to be the end of this new next batman thing when future state ends because we know they're going to be introducing that same version of the character into the present day comics but we know now that they're going to be doing a digital first series um focusing on on him Mm -hmm. and setting up his role in the present day comics so we're going to be seeing a lot more of the mysterious next batman that we saw in that we're seeing in future state and john ridley is continuing to write like it's kind of his character so he's he's going to be continuing to write that too nice so i think we could very well end up with a thing where we've got you know bruce wayne and another younger batman running around in the present Mm -hmm. you know that's great so it's all stuff they announced this week wow that's exciting should we move on to your comic of the week sure what was your comic of the week uh, Future State Justice League number one. Correct. Yes. Um, I really like this issue, but I wanted to honorably mention the uh, Future State Green Lantern um, triple story thing because it was really, really wonderful. Each one of those stories was great, especially the one with Guy Gardner. It was awesome. Check it out. But now the honorable mention is done. I, I chose the uh, the Justice League because it was even more awesome, and I have a soft spot for um, for 
for the storylines. Um, it had this is the one with um, Supergirl, right? Super Supergirl grows into Superwoman. No, that was Superwoman. That was Superwoman. This is the Which one with one? the Justice League. Okay, but hmm. this is the one with. See, I'm having trouble. Well, they were all. They were all. Um, they couldn't. They had rules that didn't. Yes, that prevented that's right. them from fraternizing. Yeah, it so wasn't they, the Justice League we know. It was, it was the a, Justice League in the future. So it's John Kent, Superman. It's um, what was her name? Yana Yara. Yara Floor, Wonder Yara Woman. Yara Floor, Wonder Woman. Question mark. Batman. Yeah. Um, um, Jess, Jess Chambers, the, Jess, the non-binary yeah. Flash of Earth. Nine, Question 19, mark? the gender flipped earth. I can't remember which one it is. I'm pretty sure there's a nine in there somewhere. Um, and uh, Joe Mullane and uh, Andy Curry. Right. And they, they basically had different rules for uh, operating as the Justice League. And they did not fraternize. They just, they were business as usual. They, they met only when they, they had to. they told each other they weren't fraternizing when there was actually right. a lot of Right. There's a little bit of fraternizing on. like behind the, behind the closed doors, like rule breaking here and there. But what's interesting is that they're solving a murder, um, specifically the murder of the Legion of Doom of that time, which is like future Despero's daughter. Um, who else? I was, people that you recognize much more than I do. Well, there's like an, there's an indigo, lan- not an indigo lantern, an ultraviolet lantern. Yeah. There's sort of a fusion of a mezo and eclipso. Yep. Um, yeah, there was a really old Dr. Ivo and, and Dr. Morrow mm-hmm. and a couple mm-hmm. of others. Yeah, yeah. they're all brutally murdered inside the Hall of Justice, which hasn't like been used in. Like in one day, with, with, within one day. Like they're plotting one day and then the next day is when the crime scene is being solved by the... Uh, the the new justice league um i love the interactions i love the conversations and i like the fact that the rules keeping them distant from each other were exactly what was needed to um subvert them to to it's divide and conquer basically so they were operating fine they were beloved by the cities they were very effect effective as a team and they were they were solving a lot of crimes that even the original justice league couldn't couldn't solve but um they ultimately were undone by the fact that they did not know each other very well and fraternize and they were separated and each one of them was separately taken down. I thought that was really, really interesting and effective. And it turns out that the people who did it were the, uh, the, the white Martian. I can't remember the name, fancy name of the hyper clan. Hyper clan. There you go. From Grant Morrison's toys. Yep. Um, quote, quote metamorpho from JLA number one, 1994, <laughs> whenever that was. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, and they, they, they wanted to be, they tried to be heroes in their own right, but that didn't work out. So instead, they're like, you know what, we'll just shape shift into the beloved Justice League and just take over their, their gig. And so that's exactly what the plan that they put into effect in the very first issue. So very thrilling, very exciting, and um, excited to meet all the characters and then see how they get out of this pickle that they're in. So that's mm-hmm. why I picked it for my comic of the week. What'd you pick? I picked Future State Superman Wonder Woman number one. Oh, nice. Um, really, both of these had good. strong Grant Morrison yeah. vibes. I mean, both <laughs> the Hyper Clan showing up in yours and then this one. I mean, this characterization of, of John Kent as Superman is very Grant Morrison-y, the way he sort of has this um, humble, humble godlike ability. Like he's, you know, he's, oh, he's always aware of everything going on. Like he's, he experiences all these things in a fraction of a second and yet he's still like very down to earth and humble mm-hmm. and, and gentle about everything. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. this is a very, this, this version of John Kent could be like straight out of the Clark Kent version from all-star Superman. And I felt like this was, an, um, gave us more, more depth on the Yara Flora version of wonder woman too. Yeah. And I sort of, 
I sort of um, made the analogy. It's sort of like a combination of Wonder Woman and Green Arrow. Like mm. if the, all the mythological trappings of Wonder Woman, but like the Brazilian, the sort of um, South American pantheon as opposed yeah. to the Greek pantheon. Uh-huh. Although her thing is supposedly like making peace between the different pantheons is kind of what's been hinted at. Mm-hmm. As opposed to Wonder Woman who was trying to make peace amongst men Men, she's made trying to make peace amongst the gods we've only gotten little glimpses of that so far apparently she likes to drink with some of them but one would assume she's doing more than that yeah but also she's very much seems to be like a a person of the people like social crusader yeah Yeah. you know standing up to the fat cats and so on like that so very much a, a sort of an oliver queen kind of bent to it too so it's definitely a an interesting take like it's not diana and it's definitely not who donna or cassie would grow up to be either Mm -hmm. it's very much a different take on that on that character and then seeing them interact and then solaris who's another grant morrison creation from dc 1 million shows up yep and they've john's got to figure out a way to deal with him while at the same time yara is trying to keep like the sun god in check and it, it and then there's this twist ending where it seems like they've got him defeated or at least they stall it for a while but then all the exposure to the red sun john sort of collapses and falls out of the sky so yeah that was really good and i was definitely getting strong i mean i feel like we talk about how a lot of the Batman writers we're reading these days, Scott Snyder, James Tiny, and they all grew up watching Batman the Animated Series. And Sean Murphy with the White Knight stuff. It's heavily influenced by Batman the Animated Series. And I feel like you're also getting a lot of Superman writers now who are who grew up reading Grant Morrison, Superman, and JLA, and then an all-star Superman. And that, that's a lot of... I'm seeing detecting a lot of, all, a lot of Grant Morrison influence in, in a lot of these new... Superman and Superman adjacent writers and I think it makes a lot of sense because it was all around the same time people who were 10 or 12 reading those and are now in their 30s writing reading writing comics you know there are they're they're all our age and that's sort of this new yep new crop of creators coming in um and you know I, I appreciate that but I also think it was just a really good story yep yeah that was a good story I liked it very much so should we move on to your quiz ready so this week uh, keeping in keeping in in line with some of the future state stuff we've been talking about, I'm going to quiz you about Superman's successors and descendants. Oh, okay, boy. okay. All, all right. right, so no multiple choice this Uh-oh. time. It's uh, all up gotta, creek without a paddle. That's what it is. Pluck these out of your head. Okay. Oh no. All okay. right. Number one. Uh-huh. What four characters replaced quote unquote replaced Superman after his death in the comics? Oh, um, the reign of the Superman, as it were. Who were the four? Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, Eradicator, mm-hmm. um, Cyber Superman, Cyborg, Cyborg Superman, Superman, but I'll Superman. give that to you, yeah. Uh, and was it Lex Luthor? No. Fade, um, fade haircut, circle sunglasses. Hold on, you're messing me up. Leather circle. jacket, F- fade. lots of straps and pouches. <laughs> fade haircut. <laughs> that could be a lot of people. Uh, circle sunglasses. What other prominent member of the Superman family who's still around was intru- was introduced along with Steel was introduced in that same event? There's only like five or six members of the Superman family, and was Supergirl introduced in the '90s? No. Was John Kent introduced in the '90s? No. Who's left? Crypto. <laughs> no, Crypto was introduced in the '50s. Oh. Um. Superboy. Connor Kent. Connor Kent. Well, I was gonna get there. Okay. I didn't know he had circle sunglasses. Yeah, you, got, you still got him sometimes, even in the even in some of the uh, death metal stuff we were reading Honey, just a few weeks ago. you didn't even give me enough time. I was going to go you with had enough Superboy. time to guess several, no, make several gonna... other guesses. Oh, stop it. No, I had one other guess, the Luther, and, and that didn't work out. But uh, yeah, I would have gotten a Superboy eventually. Anyway, yeah, I, I would have. Connor Kent, I would have done it. 0.75 out of one. 
So many pouches. You could have gone with a leather jacket. He wears a black leather jacket. I said fade haircut, circle sunglasses, leather jacket, and lots of pouches. I said leather jacket. The pouches threw me off because he does not have that many pouches. There's a lot of straps in that original outfit. Whatever. These days, the original outfit. These days, there's spikes on them, too, which I I don't know where they got that idea from. I never had spikes on there. All right. (laughs) Number two. What is the name of Superman's 853rd century descendant? Which is to say Superman 1 million. Um, hold on. It's, um... I know you can't just say Superman. What's his, what's no, his no, no, secret identity? He's like, he's like Brainiac meets Superman. So it's, I think his name is, um, is it Clark L? No, reverse that. Uh... What would be the opposite L- of Clark L? L. Clark. No. <laughs> El no, Clarko. No. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. No, what's um, what's the rever- what's the opposite if you said Clark L? Oh, Jor no, um Cal Kent. Yes, Cal Kent. Yes. Oh, but I was in, <laughs> in the In a right way, field. in a way you could not have been more wrong. In another way you were kind of right. I was pretty close. All right. Yeah. I, don't, I had the right idea. I don't remember if there's a brainy any brainiac in there, but I do remember in the original stories there were he his the Superman dynasty had intermarried with people from the fifth dimension at a certain point oh. so he gained the family gained a whole bunch of crazy new super senses because mm-hmm. they could see like imagination or whatever you know yeah oh wow which is very I a, love a very Grant, Grant Morrison, Morrison kind of thing yeah. <laughs> all right number three what was the name of Superman's son in the black mercy induced fantasy and for the man who had everything oh no was it Sam no because keep in mind his fantasy was life was on Krypton right hold on um so I'll give you a hint. It wasn't just in the, I mean, you didn't read the original comic to my knowledge, but you did see the animated adaptation. I'll give you a hint. They reused the name later in the Krypton series for a different character as part of the same family. Oh. Um. Um, not Jor-El. Um, hold on. What was his name? Like the main protagonist no, guy. No, it wasn't was, the main protagonist. You're thinking of Seg- Segal, but that Seg- wasn't it. Um. No, the baby's name. I'm trying to. No, think the of... baby's name was Jorel. Oh yeah. What was? I'm basically leading you right to it. What was? What was Segel's? His grandfather, the old guy who was also in Doctor no, Who a couple I, that times. That one I can't. Vanel. Vanel. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have gotten that. All right. Number four. What was the name of Superman's son in the Superman Returns movie, the one with Brandon Routh? Oh. Spoiler alert for the Superman Returns, a 20-year-old movie. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Wasn't it Sam? Somebody <laughs> was think named everybody Sam. was named Sam. No, just those last two. No, um, it wasn't Sam. Then it was John. No. Keep in, mi- keep in mind that in the context of the movie, it was Lois Lane and... Um, hold on, I want to make sure I don't give it away. Uh, Joas Lane. Joas Lane. <laughs> Lois Lane and... Um, James Marsden's character, yeah. right, uh, yeah. Richard White, and and it, they thought Lois presumably knew the truth, but it was the the front they were putting on was it was their kid, right? So was it Perry? No. Well, then I have no idea. It was Jason Jason White. How would I know that? Why would you I? Because he saw the movie. I don't That's know okay. the kid's name. It was like there for like three seconds, and I was like, oh, it's not John. Okay. Okay. Well, they said it a lot in the movie. Yeah, okay. I know, not a lot. <laughs> Number five, what is John Kent's middle name? This is your time to shine. Is it John Joseph Kent? 
No. <laughs> what's the what's just give the same answer you've been giving to every other question. Jam, John Samuel Kent. Jam. John Jam, Jam Kent. <laughs> John Jam Kent. <laughs> Jonathan Samuel Kent. Yes. That's right. Okay, Samuel. Good. There okay. you go. So you got one. Finally, I got one place. If I, give you I knew the, Samuel was used somewhere. If I give you the Cal Kent one, you got two point seven five out of five. I got pretty good. And no, and I'm taking Connor Kent away from you because you didn't even give me enough time to breathe out the answer before you started barraging me with physical descriptions I didn't even need. All right. Boom. So anyway. I'll give you three out of five. Thank you. I'll take my three out of five. Okay. So our show's this week. <laughs> that was a great quiz. Show's this week. So pretty we have... good for not multiple choice. Yes. Yeah. So we have the season premiere of Batwoman and the first two episodes of WandaVision. So good. You guys get started on watching that stuff. So Batwoman I thought was very good. Yeah. Spoiler um, warning, by the way, always, I th- I think as they, you know. I think they did just about as good a job as they could do. I'm still sort of getting a feel for this new character, but yeah. I like her so far. It's, it's. I don't know. I don't have feel like I've got a strong beat on her yet, either as, either as a performance or as a character. But I think she did a good job. I think she acquitted herself well. I can yeah. buy her as like as being the lead of the series when she grows into it. But it, yeah. but it does. Still, I liked her in this. It all suit still feels very, very weird like, right now. <laughs> I really liked her in the series. I really really liked this episode. I very much did. It there lived some, up to my hype. There were some scenes that I thought were some of the some of the best scenes they've done in this series yet. Like the one where um, Mary is reading about Ryan's past while mm-hmm. Ryan is in her van reading about that Kate. Was so good. And so they're each each of them is realizing things about the other sort side. Sort of like the the potential, like the the, the tragedy and potential of uh, you know of the hero of the, bat, of the other like, bat, like bat they're, woman they're each yeah. learning about the other half, how the other half lived and how they could, you know, the troubles that they've had yeah. and the, the sort of and yet the heroism that they might have the potential to yeah. to achieve. So I really like that scene the way it was edited. Um, there were some odd decisions, but I guess it's only to be expected given what was going on. Like the way there was sort of a, a voiceover from Kate at the end. At least I assume it was supposed to be from it Kate, but it clearly wasn't Ruby Kate. Rose. No. And I don't know why they didn't just use Sophie's actress reading the letter aloud in her head in her voice. Yeah. Why did they dub in another actress? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it really took you out of the moment. And the way that they sort of wrote out the whole Tommy Elliot pretending to be Bruce Wayne thing in one episode when it really fell, feels like that could have gone on for many episodes. Yeah. Especially since there's this whole, like it would have been a very different storyline than it would if Kate was still around, but I could see it working in some ways better because Ryan, because now with Kate gone, right. like in the way that they kind of did it in this episode, like with everything that's going on, Luke and Mary are so distraught. I don't yeah. know if Mary knew Bruce at all. It's possible because they, in theory they're related distantly, yes. right? Yes. Um, Luke knew him well, but they were also distraught that they couldn't see what was right in front of their faces, which is that this guy wasn't really acting much like Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, and Ryan, presumably as she becomes more integrated into the group, she didn't know him at all. She only knew his public persona, mm-hmm. which this guy is, which Tommy Elliott is probably largely, you know, because he couldn't be a good he couldn't probably even pretend to be a decent guy if his life depended on it. Right. He would be able to play up being like the the, the playboy. playboy yep. He, you know, he would enjoy that goofball part of it, but he um, would no. Yeah. So I could see it even working better because it would seem more believable that he would be able to perpet perpetrate that yeah. that fraud on them. Yeah. Um, and you know the idea of Kate being missing, and so that's why he chose now to make his big public reappearance. That right. that provides a logical explanation. If if Kate hadn't gone missing, they would have just said, "Oh, I'm back for some reason in Gotham." Like I don't know what explanation they would have had. Like, oh, right. I decided to come back. Yeah. Who knows why? You know. Yeah. And it it does this does create so that was kind of weird. It felt like they dismissed that too. And I thought that the guy that I'm trying to remember now, I want to say Warren Christie is the name of the actor that was playing with. I'm like I'm looking at this guy like yeah, that, that's a pretty good like. 
he wasn't playing Bruce Wayne. Right. So it's kind of hard to tell, but just physically looking at him, like, yeah, I could buy this guy playing the real Bruce Wayne. Right. Or like, if he's playing it more seriously. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could totally buy him playing Bruce Wayne, and I bet he would he would do a good job in a suit, too, if they ever... Yeah. If they ever go that far. I mean, who who knows, right? Because, right. I mean, we got Supergirl. We never thought we'd get Superman. Now we're getting a Superman show. So who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who knows what... what but now they've, they've put the line in the sand and said, this is what Bruce Wayne looks like in this universe. Yes. And somehow this guy is going to grow up to look like Kevin Conroy in 30 years. Yeah. But for right now, he looks like this, right? Cause well... Kate, well, because Kate recognized... Right. Well, she, when she That's saw Kevin she Conroy, she, she squinted. She's like, Bruce? And it wasn't just because he was living in the manor. Like the idea was, oh, she she recognizes this guy as being an older version of the Bruce that she knew. Yeah. But whatever. Like obviously we're not supposed to worry about right. that too much because yeah. that was just a fun thing for the fans. Yep. Um, but yeah, and I thought that – and this does provide them, as we knew it would, a lot of interesting story possibilities. Um, and I feel like they capitalized on a lot of them. Like having Alice tell Jacob – uh-huh. that Kate was Batwoman yep. now gives him this whole new, th- as if he didn't have enough anguish, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just every episode is just him feeling more and more pain over his failures as a father. Um, but now he's like, and Alice is really twisting the knife. Like, yeah, like she wouldn't have, you know, she yep. she might not even be dead if, if, if it wasn't for you. And, and that aside, she died. If she is dead, she died knowing that you hated her yeah. and would have disapproved of her all of her choices and did disapprove of all of like every choice she made in her life. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's really twisting the knife. It kind of sends Alice off in, in a different direction mm-hmm. now because she's kind of got this whole thing and and Sophia seemingly having like she's got as as was hinted at last season, Sophia, which is this mystery character that we kind of know from the recent Batwoman comics a little bit, uh, seemingly has history with Alice and is seemingly like getting revenge on Alice yeah. by killing her sister, although we're all assuming that Kate isn't really dead. Um because I think they just want to leave that door open, even if it's years from now before they decide to avail themselves of it. Um, I think all that's interesting. I think that, what was I going to say? I, there was one element that I thought, aside from the shuffling off the Tommy Elliott thing in one episode, there was one one thing where I'm like, I, I really feel like they could have capitalized on that a little more, but now I, I can't think of what it was. But yeah, it, it, I mean, they they made some they made some smart decisions. I feel like this is kind of, as good as good as you could, it's kind of like we said about the the series finale of Swamp Thing. Yeah, where it's like it was out of their hands. Yeah, and this is kind of the best story that you could write given the circumstances. I think that and I think the fact that this ended up being like a, a very good episode and a good premiere, I think is, I think is to their credit because it's very hard. It's very hard to write out the star of your show after one year. Yep. And still have and still keep the rest of the cast. You can't reboot the show with a whole new cast, which in some ways would have been easier, right? Yeah. You've got to keep all these other characters yeah. who all have their relationships to mm-hmm. each other. But now there's this like hole in the center of the Venn diagram of because Kate yes. was the one thing that, that Bind the, bound, bound them all the, together. Yep. Now she's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really challenging task, but I feel like they did a, a pretty good job. I think so too. I think, I mean, the writers had every right to not pursue the Bruce Wayne storyline if they wanted to. And who knows? I mean, they may have written it this way to be a cliffhanger at the end of last season, knowing full well that Ruby Rose was leaving and knowing full well that they weren't going to pursue the storyline for more than the next episode. And it made sense, the context of the episode itself. Um, Bruce Wayne wants the suit back. She, uh, um, Ryan has... Uh, gotten the suit through a complete fluke and accident she's she's now become the defender of the suit because um you know de facto like she was thrust into that position she was trying to do the right thing and return it but um 
you know, in, in doing that, in activating the beacon, she accidentally set, uh, set a trap for herself for, for the wrong kind of attention. So it was just interesting. I remember now that what I was going to say, it's not so much, not so much a missed opportunity as I felt like it was an unnecessary choice. Ah. Making Alice and the Wonderland gang the ones responsible for Ryan's mother's death. Yeah. That felt a little too convenient to me. Yeah. It could have, it could have just been, it's like, oh, it turns out the Joker was the one who killed Bruce Wayne's Right, pet. exactly. You don't need, you don't to, need not to, everything right. needs to be related. Like right. she can just, she can have lost, she had a hard life. Yep. It almost felt, it, to me, it almost felt a little overwrought. Just the sheer, and I and I do understand that there are people in the real world who just have a really bad thing after hand. bad thing happen yep. to them. But it's like, oh, she, you know, she, her mother died, and she, her father died before she was born, and then her next mother died, yep. and then she got beaten up, and then she got convicted of a crime she didn't commit, and then and now she's living on the street. It's like that. I that's almost like, a, and, and again, I know that there's people in the real world who have it that bad and worse. And yep. just to me, like. Bruce Wayne, family killed in an alley. Yep. Okay, like that's that's clean. You got 15 different bad things that happened to you. I feel like you're really, you're kind of over, so like, oh, she's a hard luck case. She's not, like, we get it. That's But that's a lot no, of. I couldn't disagree more. I'm glad that they went I this get, hard. I in. get that they want the opposite of Kate in the sense that yes. Kate was like a person of privilege who still decided to, like Bruce Wayne, and that be was a hero. Nice too, I get that it, same- but. It, it felt a little too much like oh this this bad thing happened then this bad thing happened then this bad thing happened right. and then this and then she's on the street and you know what i mean it's like yep. and again i know that that's realistic but it just felt like it felt like they were trying a little too hard and there were a couple of other moments in the episode where she gave the camera slowly pulled in on her where she gave like a long speech yeah about herself and her life and how and how that hard was, she said that was probably my favorite part those, of the whole those were well, well so good those were well written and well delivered yeah but again it, it all felt uh, to me like they were trying a little too hard to make us to get us on board with the kid because i mean i can understand why they would do it but i mean if we were if we're watching this far if we've watched the first season and we're still watching here. Yeah. I feel like there's a certain amount of buy-in. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep watching. I felt like they were trying a little too hard to get us 100% on board with this new character right from the beginning by giving us these long speeches about who she is and why she is the way she is and what she wants and her and all this other stuff and then piling on these tragedies in, in her past. I felt like they could have taken it a little slower. We could have gotten to know her a little slower. We could have learned about her through her actions and her behavior instead of through long speeches she delivers to characters she barely knows. That that would be my quibble is that it felt like they were trying a little too hard. It was a little over-dramatized to, to, to give us everything we need to know about this character and, and make us like her right off the bat. And to me, it almost had the opposite effect where I'm like, okay, we get it. She's down on her luck. We get it. She's got, you know, she's passionate about X, Y, and Z. Like right. it felt like they were overselling it. I, I would have preferred it if she was maybe had, because we there's a lot of characters in the show we already know and like. Right. Introduce her in this episode. The pre-credits, like the cold open was, was great. Yep. Have her with the suit, have her show up a little bit here and there, but maybe focus more on, the characters we already know for an episode or two where she's sort of this presence that's popping up in the suit and all the other characters are trying to trying to find her and we gradually and we keep the scene where Mary learn, reads all reads her and again it's like oh info dump here Mary is going to read to the audience her entire history off of her computer but it was very well done because they were doing the, yeah. the, the way it was just I, I liked with the Kate. way that, I liked that the way they exe- like given the choices that they made I think they executed them as yes, well as they, they could did. but I do feel like they could have they could have soft pedaled it a little more. I felt like they were trying a little too hard in in some areas, but I kind of I kind of get it because it's a it's a bold choice to re to bring in a new character, a new original character. You know, it's a black female 
gay character, right, which is the first lead of that sort on the CW, right, you're probably going to get a lot of, or at least they hoped, they would get a lot of new viewers, like a look-in audience. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let's see. what I didn't watch season one, but let's see what this new Batwoman is like. So they they, were, they probably were under a lot of pressure to like, okay, give, give, a, give everybody both new viewers and viewers who were like lukewarm on season one, but decided to watch the premiere of season two because there's a new star to mm-hmm. see if they liked it better. And this is like your only chance to hook them. Mm-hmm. So give them as much of this new character as you can. And so to let the audience get to know her as much as you can. Yeah. But to, to, to me, who is going to watch all the episodes anyway, I didn't need that hard sell. I would have been fine with a little bit of a slower burn where I felt like we got to know her a little more organically. But I understand why they did it because they wanted to, you know, as much as possible. Like, because all you've been able to read all summer is about, oh, this is who this new character is. Right. This is who this new actor is. This is her story and so on. So I understand they want to push her, put her like right in the front and yeah. really make the episode about her. Yeah. But... From a from a dramatic perspective, I would have maybe done it a little differently. But I guess the you know the choices they made were because they knew they would get like a significant look in audience here, and they wanted to hook all of those people. Right. Well, I get. I think they had to serve an audience of of like, okay, I'm only gonna watch this one episode, and it better be good. Kind of people, like you said. But for me, like I liked it. I liked everything the way they did it because I um I'm I don't regret the good speeches. And not only that, but I think that. Some people need to be told something quite so bluntly, like the character that was in the, like her caseworker, um, who had a conversation with her about why is she still homeless? Why is she still jobless? Like, because it's not a choice. Like, I'm out there trying, no. and there are people who are not getting I un- it. You know? I understand that. But again, it's like, do you give the speech to your social worker every week? Or like, she, she knows all this already, right? Like, you know I mean, what I mean? Like that. It, it, yes, it's a little bit of exposition, but at the same time, and I probably would have like written it as if it were with the flavor of having said this multiple times to her. Like, what what kind of caseworker are you? I keep telling you this. Like, you you just don't get it. That's why it felt and, a little much to me. It felt like, as you know, Bob. Like, I'm going to tell you my entire story right, and, again, and who, about who I am. It's like, yes, I know Ryan. I've been meeting with you every week for a year. I, I know. You know what I mean? Like, right. There was no. Yeah, that scene had a little bit more like padding. It felt like. Is this the first time we're meeting each other? I mean, like, I just, yeah. here's, here's the audition scene, right? Where right. The, where the where we have all these young actresses come in and read this three-page monologue. Yeah, the sides, yeah. Right? And it's like, okay, let's put that in the episode because this is a perfect introduction. You know, it kind of felt like, okay, here's the character bit, saying, yeah. who here's who I am and why I am the way I well, am and what yeah, I want out of life. That one... Like, Show not that tell, particular you know? scene that particular scene wasn't that yeah wasn't wasn't as perfect as it could have been like if i had written it i that would have actually that was the main one that felt a little a, a little, little bit and it, it i was... love hold on cuz now i'm on a roll i love the scene in the underground where they track down that where mary and um luke track down the gps signal of the suit and meet ryan for the first time and i love her speech and i love her pushback about that like that was better that was so good that, that was better was because so Good. Because they have there's dramatically there's a reason for them to be asking her questions yes. and for her to be giving them information that they don't already have, et cetera, et cetera. It right. was the superfluousness of the social worker scene where it's like she knows your history already. She's literally right. looking at your case file in front of her. You don't need to go on for I think that could have been written better, is my point. Yeah, yeah. That particular scene. I appreciate why they had it in there and they could have even kept some of the highlight points, like that the fact I think it's important to tell an audience sometimes that this is a character that you've not seen before. This is not a person of privilege. This is not even a middle class person. This is a person who really has it hard. 
And you have to understand that it's not a moral failing on their part. Like she's out there, she's trying, she's doing her best. She had some really terrible things happen to her beyond her control or even her contribution. Like it's not causal, you know, she didn't, she didn't bring this on herself. She literally had the bad luck of walking into the wrong apartment at the wrong time and her family was taken away from her. Um, and that's just one thing. And not only that, but like the circumstances of her birth and her, um, and her appearance, uh, had her committed for a crime that she didn't even commit. Like that's, that's bonkers, but it happens all the time. And I think it's important to put that out there, but you're right. The social scene worker scene could have been written better. Like you could still have those bullet points and, and, but have done it in a way that didn't feel like, as you know, Bob, like you just mentioned, it was like a little bit like the, the dreamer spotlight episode of Supergirl last season, where it really felt like the writers are trying a little too hard to shine a light on the plight of a particular group. And it's like, yes, but all the other characters in this scene already know everything you're saying and are already on board with you know, with your plight, you right. don't need to give a five minute speech about it could have how been hard your life better. has been. Like, it could have I, been written better. I agree yeah. with everything you're saying, but we, you know, we don't need this right now, you know? Right. Um, I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, but I remember back to like just the very, the earliest episodes of Arrow. Yep. Oliver would have very little dialogue because he was so gruff. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. But we would learn about like, what kind of guy he was through his actions, right? Mm-hmm. Like he was a man, he was a man of few words. He was, but he was a man of action. We'd learn like, what he was after, what lines he would cross, what lines he wouldn't cross, who right. was who was still important to yeah. him, right? Yeah. Through his actions. And it took a while for us to sort of warm up to the version of Green Arrow because it was a very different version in the comics. Yep. He's a lot more instantly likable in the comics because yeah. he's such a sort of a wacky guy in some ways. Yeah. Um, but we got, you know, we got to know him. And I feel like that's, but he had that air of mystery and danger for a little bit, you know, from those earliest episodes of the show because we didn't really understand. Right. Well, he's killing people, right? right? Like, is is he, are they trying to sort of make us think that he's, are they setting up an arc where he, you know, ultimately becomes like a, a real superhero or is he going to be like this dark the whole time? And so it was, you know, there right. was an element of mystery and danger and intrigue to it. And right. it, there wasn't a scene where he, he sat down to, Tommy or his sister or whatever and talked for five minutes about I mean sure he I'm sure he talked about but he the whole thing was he didn't want to talk about his time on the island right he didn't sit down and talk about how hard his life had been for five years he's like I don't want to talk about it right right right. so it's not a perfect analogy because two very different characters two very different very different shows but I prefer and it's subjective it's just my personal opinion but I prefer that sort of like take where we right. we get to know a character more gradually through I their actions i think show don't tell is a very fair criticism for my part like my particular perception like i can see what they were trying to do here and i actually really love what they did the only gripe that i have that i agree with you on is the social worker scene but everything else bring it on let me know this character tell me her backstory i want to get to know her and i'm excited for the next few episodes because we're not done getting to know her and it's going to be very exciting to see what she does next i loved seeing her in the suit i loved seeing her put it on i loved seeing her figure things out i loved seeing her use her martial arts skills to take down two criminals who were like three times her size and weight and I love, I love the sass, the, the, the funny quip that she gave him. She goes, I don't know what this button does. They you want to discover it together or do they, you want to help me? They did say she's <laughs> going to be great. a little bit of a lighter character than Kate, who is very serious Dower and, and serious. no nonsense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, which I think is, which I think is good because you don't want to just, you know? Yeah. You don't. <laughs> I understand. And I love it. I just, I'm here for it. And not only that, but I thought that tonally speaking, like I thought that she fit really well with the cast when she was talking to them I believed that she was communicating with Luke and Mary and that they were going to fit well together if that makes sense you know what I mean like their vibes yeah. their chemistry for I really enjoyed my, it. my complaints about how they 
how they chose to present the character aside, I do think that it was that she's a, an interesting character, and I am looking forward to seeing more of her and learning more about her. Yeah, I just, especially with the, how it left last time. She literally took a bullet for this team and still gave back the suit. Like, she's an honorable person, and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, yeah. the next few episodes. I'm very excited. I really am. This is a... I loved this episode. I really did. Like, the few writing gripes aside for that one particular scene... Phew, Small potatoes. I really love this episode. I really did. So WandaVision, the oh. first two episodes of WandaVision. Squeeze. So this this is I mean, I don't even really Another know how one. to talk about the show because in some ways <laughs> in some ways there's not a lot to talk about in the sense that like ninety-five percent of the running time of these episodes just play like a sitcom. Yes. And so mm-hmm. like are we gonna like would we spend twenty five minutes breaking down an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show? Probably not. And so no. in the same way there's not but I mean, from a from a I don't know what angle Broad you want strokes. to look at. I mean, obviously the performances are fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are clearly having a, a ton of fun here. <laughs> yeah. Right. But also they're, doing really, they're really fantastic good work, in these so roles fun. because these are barely even the same characters, right? right? I mean, you could argue that there's not even they're kind of the the actors aren't playing in different characters. Well, it's hard to tell really what's going on with Vision, right? Like is yeah. he even real or whatever? But yeah. for Scarlet Witch, at least, it's like. It's not the actress playing a different character. It's mm-hmm. the character is. We don't even know is she is she being controlled? Is she in control of this? Is she is it her doing it? But she's not in control of her own powers. We yep. don't even really know, you yep. know. Um, but I, and I saw someone say, and I think it's true that even if you just take these as like sitcom episodes, yeah, these are really good sitcom episodes. Like yep. they were funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the, yeah. the 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 stories were were fun and and I don't want to say interesting. Like how interesting is an episode of the Mary Tyler Moore show, right? right? right. But these were good, very well executed. So like I laughed a few times in these, and I don't laugh aloud very much even watching comedies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they were these were actually funny classic sitcom episodes, yeah. and then you layer in this this sort of undercurrent of I don't know what you want to call it, dread or whatever it is. I mean. We the first element of there's a couple of things in the first episode, right? Like when the boss is choking, and the the wife kind of breaks right. character, yeah. and it's like, you know. And then again at the end, when we see that the show is actually it's like a show being watched yes. by other characters in the show, mm-hmm. like Agents of Sword in their little like van, yeah, sitting outside. Of was this it a town. van? Was it a spaceship? How do you know? Well, like I, I actually thought spaceship. Well, from the trailers, what I think is happening is that because in the trailers you see shots of like this, like this energy dome encompassing a town or whatever. So I think okay. what's happened is either someone is controlling Wanda, or Wanda had like a psychotic break. Yeah, and her powers leveled up to a level that we, that we haven't seen before, yeah. mm-hmm. and she basically altered reality, yep. which is what she can do in the comics. Yeah, in this town, and the people that are like characters in the sitcom are the people real people in this town that are being either coerced or controlled yes. entirely yeah um because the the reaction of the boss's wife yeah when she breaks character there right. really seems like this is a real person who's playing along playing a role consciously right because she's worried about what will happen if she breaks character but her husband is is choking to death and she can't help but break character right there. yeah or was that wanda's control over her slipping in that moment because she sees a man dying in front yeah, of her was it exactly it's, it's hard like, to tell exactly what's going kind on of bending but was, i think that yep. she's co-opted this town mm-hmm. and i think that um agent Wu and whoever else you know randall park from ant-man and the wasp who we know is in this show and I, that was him saying wanda wanda are you there who's doing this to you i'm pretty sure in episode two okay are, they've got like a perimeter set up like shield in in um 
in New Mexico in the first Thor movie, right? right. With the hammer, they yeah. set up a perimeter, right? I think they've, I think Sword, which is this agency that's sort of like tertiary to Shield in the comics, um, has set up a perimeter around this town, and they're trying to communicate. They somehow know Wanda's in there, but they think because you know they know that she's a hero, they assume that this is something that's been done to her, and maybe in fact it is. But I think maybe, we both suspect yeah. that this is her doing it. Yeah. Um, they're trying to communicate with her, and I think that. Um, so two things that I saw on Reddit, with the, which I think are both astute and correct. One is that we see um, a little toy helicopter yes. crash, and it's it's col- it's in color. So we yeah. see okay. So three things I want to mention: toy ho- helicopter she finds in the bush. It's yep. in color. Mm-hmm. Later in the episode, we're introduced to a new character in the context of the sitcom, yeah. which is um, Tayona Paris's character. Who introduces herself as like Rochelle or something? She's yeah. the African American woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now we, the audience, know. Um, maybe you have forgotten, but that's the actress that's playing Monica Rambeau, I right? Do the know daughter, that, yeah. the young girl from I Captain was... Marvel. Yep. So and and some of the photos and stuff, it's implied in some of like the the trailers. We see her wearing like the sword patch. So mm-hmm. what people are suspecting has happened is that certain things that we see in the episode are filtered through rea- uh, Wanda's altered reality. Mm-hmm. So the toy helicopter that she finds in the bushes, I think, what really and. I, I think that Monica is a pilot. So I think that what actually happened is a real helicopter. They they tried they tried to send a plane or a helicopter into the dome uh-huh. and it crashed. Yeah. And Monica was the pilot. Oh right? yeah, that would make so sense. So what? So when Wanda when finds appeared, a yeah. little toy helicopter, I think that that's through her perception or her her altered reality. Right. That was an actual helicopter that crashed. Now Monica's in there and she's having to play the part of the new neighbor in town. Right. right? Yeah. And that's why she suddenly appears in that episode where right. she wasn't in episode one or even the first half that's of episode two. That's very clever. Two. Yeah. The other thing that people note is that the beekeeper that comes out yes, of the yes, I was wondering game, about that. And then Wanda has like a thing where she like snaps. She and she's says like, no. no, this isn't and happening. And she rewinds. And she rewinds time. The beekeeper, like, why is he in the beekeeper suit? I think their sending sword is now, it's like, okay, we tried to send a, a uh, helicopter in. It didn't work. We're going to send people in through the sewers. And so they're coming up in, like, hazmat suits and stuff. Yeah. But through, again, through her the, filter, her she, filter, she sees what's a hazmat suit. It's a beekeeper suit. Yeah. Because that's something that you might see in this suburbia. Sure, right? sure. So I think that's what that was. Yeah. And so what happened to that guy when she rewound time? Is he still out there? Ah. Did he die? Did he get sent back out? Who knows, right? Yeah. But I bet what we're going to see in the final episode or once things really start to go down at the end is we're going to flash back to some of these little moments in the early episodes yep. and we're going to see what really happened not yes. what she's perceiving or what right. we the audience are watching because we're kind of watching yep. what Jimmy Woo is watching in the van yes. right we're not yeah. watching what's really happening or maybe even what she's really seeing we're watching this altered reality that in some way is being broadcast yeah. from there like and why is it being broadcast there's all sorts of questions I don't know. the other thing that that people on the reddit picked up on the little uh, commercials, the little fake commercials yes, that we've yes. seen two of so far. The first one was for like a Stark radio, right? Mm-hmm. And we see there's a red light on there. Well, it was a toaster, but a yes. A toaster, yes. Talk to John right. Syracuse it's about this. It's a toaster. This. Yeah. Um, there's a l- little red light on there, and it's red. It's the only it's thing beeping. that's red. It's beeping, right? And then in episode two, they've got a watch, a, watch. a Strucker watch, right? And it's ticking, tick, 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 tick. And tick. it has a Hydra symbol on it. Well, yeah, because Strucker was Hydra. Sure. So, but what people are saying are there's two things going on. Something from Stark with a red light that's beeping. Yes. What does that symbolize? Remember her her and, and Quicksilver's origin, right? Yes. The Stark bombs that fell. Yeah. And the one that didn't detonate, that they had to sit there, watch, ticking, always yes. wondering if it was going to explode with the words, just looking at the Stark. word Stark written on it. Yep. Red light, right? Yep. Ticking, beeping, right? Okay. Stark on it. And then in episode two, Strucker, who was... Baron Strucker was the one who experimented on her and her brother and yep. gave them their powers, right? Yeah. These commercials are like her oh and did you see that the the, the watch itself bounced back 
I didn't notice that, but I yeah. but I think that there's there's an element of like ticking yeah and in in both well, yeah so yeah. i think the toaster in the first one represents the ticking bomb yeah and the the and the second one is like strucker and hydra i think that these commercials are each revisiting a moment of trauma for her mm, right the bombs that killed yeah. her parents and almost killed her and her brother and then the time she was experimented on uh-huh. her and her brother to give her powers yeah so we'll see like if you and you can just like there's been a lot of bad stuff that's happened to her right is the next one going to be like a running shoes commercial right and it's going to be that's going to be the trauma of her brother's death right oh yeah is it going to be the the devastation in sokovia is it going to be and then ultimately we get to like the snap vision's death yeah right her her killing the um wakandans in the embassy at the beginning of civil war yes, right yeah. i think that each of these if the theory is right each of these commercials is like going to be tied in a, somehow a sort of like a sitcom-y Theme. distillation of a moment of trauma for her mm-hmm. with some visual or auditory aspect hinting at the real what it trauma is, yeah. filtered through some 50s right. style commercial because that beeping was unnatural for a toaster and yeah. the ticking and that's was why. incredibly it loud the yeah bomb, exactly right? yeah so we'll see if the next one i mean what would be what, what would be super cool is if they got the actor back who played quicksilver and i don't remember his name right now but if they got oh him i remember him from um, he was from yeah, Kick-Ass. yeah um, if they but if they got him back and he was there like hawking some running shoes or something like that oh wow and and, and if the tagline for the running shoes was but you bet you didn't see that coming or something yes. like that right yeah like that would be so on the nose but again like that kind of thing is right. what they could do. Right? And not only that, but they... Is it Aaron Peters? Is that his name? Or I don't I remember. The, is that the actor that played the other Quicksilver in the I X-Men don't know. Movies? I don't remember. Um, but here, here, let me tell you, because let me remind you, um, each episode is in set in a decade. Right. So the first one was in the 50s. The next one is in the 60s. The the So the watch thing. So the next commercial is going to be in the 70s style. The next commercial after that is going to be in the right. 80s Once style. Once you get to the what 80s or 90s, you could do a running shoe. Exactly. Exactly. I bet you anything there's going to yeah. be some sort of sportswear or running shoes thing. And if it's and not that actor, it's going to be they're going to be some evocation of Quicksilver. And not only that, but it seems to be progressing. Like if if your uh, if your found theory is true, um, and the hypothesis holds, it's it's um, it's progressing in terms of it's not just random moments. It seems to be um, in order of how they happened. Yeah, it seems to be in chronological order, yeah. and it makes a lot of sense if this entire world is basically like her shutting down, refusing to accept what happened to her and vision so the next one is going to be wakanda kind of war, but kind of working through right well, wakanda, so the next one wakanda is, wakanda is later wakanda. i think and the next one would have to be her brother's death but it, no because no her brother's death happened uh um after wakanda uh, no after wakanda. her brother died in the very first movie they were introduced in civil war was a couple of movies later for her so the next one would if, if they Seriously? were going chronologically it would oh. have to be quicksilver's death but i agree with you that would make more sense in an 80s or 90s context than a 70s context because mm. i don't think running shoes well we'll see really, i mean i don't know yeah but she, but she didn't exactly get on board with the hero stuff in the but first it could place be the destruction we, we'll it could see. be the destruction of sokovia it could be like her yeah. role in, in in facilitating ultron right like yeah, there yeah, are other things there in there that you could revisit if you want to get seven eight or nine traumas out of it you yeah. kind of have to maybe like be a little stre- stretched to, to accommodate a couple well, but of they them. put a lot of creativity into this it's so good so the 50s the first episode was clearly a riff on dick van dyke show yep. the second episode was clearly bewitched yes so each episode is going to evoke a certain iconic sitcom from a different era so mm-hmm. i strongly suspect the next one is going to be brady bunch okay that sort of thing because yeah. they've they, now things have been colorized and everything and they yeah. even said that bewitched was black and white for most of its run, but then got color near the end, which yes. is perfectly suited to what happened in this episode. So I think mm-hmm. Brady Bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I think I saw someone say, um, what was the one with Michael J. Fox? Help me out here. 
Oh, um, oh, oh, oh family, family ties. matters. Family, family ties. Family ties. Family matters was also a sitcom. Family wasn't it? matters was yeah. a sitcom. Family yeah. ties. Full House, which would be super funny, of course, because oh the Olsen twins God. on Full House. So there could be all sorts Please of references there if they wanted to. Oh, um, wow. And then. I guess as much as you'd say like a 2000 com- comedy, what would it be like? The, there's possibilities, right? Modern Family, that's sort of like, or The Office, that's sort of like talking to the camera. I saw doc- somebody say Malcolm in the Middle. I don't think that was super iconic. But, but when, you think, of sit- when you think of sitcoms in the last 10 or 15 years, you think of that faux documentary style talking to the camera, like, oh, the, o- like, the, like the Office or Modern Family, mm. right? They'd have to do something like that, something like Community, maybe, right? Right. Like, but you can see the way they would progress, progress yes. through it. Mm-hmm. Um, Roseanne. Yeah, but I think like I think like yeah, like Roseanne, Cheers, that that uh, Uh Family Ties was similar. That's sort of like kind of more realistic, lower class. I guess Family Ties was a pretty upper class family, but yeah, that's sort of working class (laughs) sitcom. They're they're alone. (laughs) That's sort of working class sitcom like Roseanne or Cheers or other things like that, where it's like these weren't people, well to do business people, but they would go off to work with suits and ties, like you would see in the fifties, sixties, and even the seventies to a certain extent. and it and it perf- it works perfectly for the themes of what they're doing too because if this is her basically if this is her way of basically processing her trauma yeah it would make sense that as time goes on it gets closer and closer to the present closer and closer to reality as sitcoms got more and more realistic and more and right. more real world yeah. right yeah add color add like different you know more dr- dramatic camera angles more realistic dialogue mm-hmm. more curse words more realistic sexual situations right like it would right. It, w- it makes complete sense if you're like bringing it closer and closer to the present until like the sitcom reality and the real reality kind of become one and the same again and she's jarred back in some way right you know right. like con- structurally it's a it's a really so clever way can of I ask doing you it. a question because now this all brings up questions like is this um hmm, is this a limited series you like they have a limited story, right? They're not anticipating a season two, season three, season four, season five. So this is going Question to be mark. this is going to be nine half hour episodes. They've said that other other Marvel series are going to be. So they say that the the Marvel Disney Plus series are going to be usually about six hours of total running time. Okay. In some cases like this, that's going to be eight or nine thirty you know, 30, 35 minute episodes. In other cases, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's going to be more like six one hour episodes because that's like a big action movie and not, this is evoking sitcom. So it makes sense that you want them to be about 25 minutes each, right? Um, They have, they have said that some of these Disney plus series might run multiple seasons. There are rumors that Loki is already gearing up for a second season, Mm -hmm. but I think some of them are going to be, and Star Wars is doing the same. Uh, some like Mandalorian or multiple seasons. Others are being marketed as an event series. Book of Boba Fett is probably going to be an event series. Ahsoka right. is probably going to be an event series. Right. These are limited run, you know, often sometimes with higher profile talent involved or right. hi- even higher production Because it values. is like non-committal, right. like a, it's not open-ended. She-Hulk, okay, is going wondered- to be, She-Hulk is going to be a workplace legal comedy. It could it could run for multiple seasons because every episode she's defending some new superhero or supervillain in a court of yeah. law, right? Um, but this feels like no, no, there's not going to be a season two where oh, they're trapped in this time they're trapped in documentaries or this time they're trapped in action shows. Right. right? Yeah. This is a limit. This is a nine episode okay, limited. Thing. It feels like it would be wrong if it were an open ended series. That's why I was thinking like they yeah, this really the, have a beat most on of these what are story gonna, they want to tell. And it, that means that yeah, that story has an it's end. It's going to be just like Star Wars. Some of these shows might have a two or three season 
arc in mind, like Mandalorian seems to. Right. Others are going to be a one-off thing, like presumably the book of Boba Fett is going to be, because yeah. it's essentially going to be like a long movie. Right. You know? Right. Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably going to feel like, if you were to watch it all together, like a five or six hour action movie. This is structurally doing something very different, and it wouldn't really work. Yeah. To do like six one hour episodes, it wouldn't work. That's not, no. the, they're letting, which is, which is what you can do on streaming, which is so great. You can let the themes and the content and the, and the, the mission statement of the show dictate the structure all the way down to the running time, the number of episodes. It's not like 20 years ago when literally everything had to be either 26, 25 minute episodes or yep. 26, 45 minute episodes, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. You couldn't do, you know, you couldn't do a Star Trek series like this right. 20 years ago, you know? Right. It just wouldn't work. You couldn't do lower decks or short tracks, and you you couldn't you know you couldn't do a superhero show like this twenty years ago. Right. You know you couldn't have the Incredible Hulk show. <laughs> right. Couldn't have this format. Nope. Right. Greatest nope. American Hero couldn't have this format. I'm just struggling to think of what what superhero shows were on TV. Hex. God, it's been almost twenty years since twenty years ago this fall. Smallville. Smallville premiered in, wow. in two thousand one. Right around somebody 9/11. save me. So it's been twenty. It's been twenty years. Twenty years of Smallville. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm. But that's the thing. So yeah, I think this is because I think that some of these, some of these series are intended to be where these characters live primarily. Like She-Hulk might show up in future movies, uh-huh. but I think that characters like She-Hulk, um, and maybe Moon Knight, like that that caliber of character, are intended to probably live primarily in TV with the occasional movie appearance. Yep. Something like Secret Invasion with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. They're not going to get six seasons of samuel l jackson that is an event series right that is like a big event in the marvel universe and we've got samuel l jackson for six hours and that's it and then he goes back to being in the movies right Mm -hmm. so i think this is more akin to that just very different in terms of like the pacing and structure but this is an event series this is very good yeah yeah i'm having a lot of fun yeah i just wanted to get all that like all the little things that i read like all the little easter eggs and and the the clever things that they did and we'll see if some of these theories are right like the thing about the commercials the thing about the helicopter actually being like a real helicopter etc like all that could be debunked yeah if the next episode is an ad for coffee or something and it's completely unrelated to anything that ever happened to wanda then there goes that theory out the window well we'll but see I, but, but I, I it seems it. almost too too perfect you yeah, know like there's yeah. And it, and it makes sense, right? Like, and I love the unease of the two actors in it because both of the actors in the in the first commercial were the same actors. In the yeah, second. that's what makes me think that we might not get like a Quicksilver cameo or whatever if it's gonna be the same actors just with different hairstyles and clothing and demeanors in the different eras. You know I, what mean, I mean, maybe they literally may just I grab saw a someone photo say, of him or something. I saw someone say, "What if those two actors are His Wanda parents. and Pietro's parents?" Like, what if we see a flash? And that's like it's just parents. one more way in which she's yeah. working through her time. Like these are literally her dead parents shoving her past traumas in her face wow. you know what i mean i don't know that might be a little bridge too far but I, that was one theory i saw floated obviously that's a good one obviously you get what you you know you know if you're gonna unspool a show like this 25 minutes a week for nine weeks you just know that the fans on reddit are going to come up with all sorts of cockamamie theories you're asking for it's it it's not right? cockamamie I think that's a perfectly valid writing I mean, but, choice. But that's, that's exactly but that's exactly what they want, right? The whole yeah, reason they didn't dump all this at once is because they want people to speculate and, and, and get excited and hype it. people up. That's the yeah, fun of the weekly release. That is the kit. fun, yeah. Like Daredevil was a show, and I, I mentioned that as being like, you know, probably the best and our, our favorite of so the Netflix good. shows that we watched. And obviously, we watched some of the other ones too, but... I love Luke that, Cage that too. Was, that was a show that was clearly designed to be watched in as densest 
a way it as possible. Was, like yes, you really that was a bingey show. They would have like something that would happen in episode two that would call back in episode ten with absolutely no reminder to the audience. It'd be like if you didn't watch this in a weekend, you probably would lo- miss Wouldn't all sorts remember of stuff. Things. But yeah, things yeah, like this Mandalorian forget. Star Trek Discovery, they're yeah. clearly intended to be watched once a week and to give you time to, to, jet, to speculate to digest you know like stuff. if you were to yeah, cut the opening speculate. closing credits out of each daredevil episode you could run it as like a 13 hour movie you couldn't Probably. do that with discovery you couldn't do that with with mandalorian there's too many tonal shifts from episode to episode or time time jumps or whatever and you True. couldn't definitely couldn't do that with wandavision yeah. so yeah. you know they're two very different releases i see a bunch of people that you know they've gotten used to binging shows that all get dropped at once over the past 10 years or so because it's been just duragura on netflix and hulu and everything else yeah um but I, I don't know. I, the, there's pros and cons. I mean, you feel pressure to watch all of it, like, really, like, right away. Yeah. Or else you're worried you're going to get spoiled. You're worried you're, worried you're going to forget things. Yeah. Um, and as far as, like, from a marketing perspective, I think what these, what these people learned is that you, there's no, there becomes no conversation about the show. You drop it all. Mm-hmm. People watch it in a weekend, and then nobody's talking about it anymore. Yeah. And, and people, even over the course of that weekend, people are afraid to talk about it. Right, because they don't know how many episodes other people have seen. Right, right. right. You release it once a week for nine weeks or thirteen weeks. People are constantly talking about it for nine weeks or for thirteen weeks. Everybody's on the same page. Mm -hmm. Everybody can speculate. Everybody can dissect the new promos or whatever. Right, right. You get so much more buzz and so much more conversation around your show. Yeah. Like Netflix drops fifty original movies and thirty original TV shows a year or something like that, and most of them get nowhere. Like nobody talks about. You know. Yep. Sometimes one will hit. Yeah. And you'll hear people talking about it, right? But most of them just come and go and it's just as if they never existed. Right. Because who has time to... You can't watch that many shows, right? right. And, there's, and that's just one quote-unquote network. It's one streaming service. So I I prefer this method. I mean, it would like I said, it doesn't work for every show. If you're going to tell a story like Daredevil did, I think you kind of have to drop it that way. Right. But if you go in knowing that this is the release schedule and you, you your show is tailored to that, I prefer this because it just, you know... Yep. Could we I, talk I about how would we have too. talked about Daredevil on this podcast? We didn't, and it's because, we had a megasode. We did I a think. megasode for yeah. one of the seasons, but for the others, we didn't even bother because it's like there's there's too at the same time there's too much, yeah. And also like to do a, an episode all about that and to talk about our weekly shows, like it's just it doesn't fit the format. Like it's we're we're a literal, literal example of how hard it is to have an ongoing conversation about something like that when you drop it all at once. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, That's true. Yep. So I, and, and, you know, and again, for WandaVision, I don't know how you could even do it that way. I mean, I guess you could drop it all at once, but I've, can you imagine like trying you, to watch? You'd be robbing yourself You'd of be some getting fun. such weird tonal whi- well, whiplashes I because the mind. episodes are going to have... I wouldn't mind. I'm, I'd be there for it. I was telling you, I can't wait to see the next one. Like I would be 100% on board The with most that. you could do is maybe like if you were to drop like two a week or one every few days, but there's then there's problems around of that. Course. So if you, if every yeah. Friday becomes like an appointment TV, right? If you were yep. to do like every three days, people are like, wait, how many days has it been? Is there a new episode? Is there not? You know? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's tough to, to, to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So if you want to reach out, we have an email address, mailbag at howyousay.fm. Our Twitter handle is at howyousayfm. I'm still collecting hashtags for uh, uh, hashtag my Star Trek phrase. <laughs> so I'm going to be looking at those and maybe I'll talk about some of the funny ones that you guys sent in from next week. So if you haven't listened to last week's show, at the end of that episode is where I bring that up. Um, so... And uh, our website is www.smartspodcast.com. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, God, it's been a long day. And what else did I miss? Facebook? Facebook.com slash how you say. Nope. Facebook.com slash smartspodcast. 
gmail.com. I'm tired. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Slash smarts podcast, guys. Um, but you already know this because you're 250 some odd episodes deep. Whatever this number is, I forgot. 265, 263. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Um, okay. So anyway, uh, how about a funny sound for us? I don't have one. How about... Bring. Ooh, good job.